In the grim darkness of the second millennia, there is only a shitty podcast hosted by three dorks. A podcast about the grim darkness of the 41st millennia and how incredibly stupid it is. This is Grim Dorks. Do you think Flava Flav would be a space marine in the 40,000 universe? Hello, oh. Wolf. Welcome to Grim Dorks, a discussion podcast on the lore and story of the Warhammer 40,000 universe. I am uh, the Emperor's mailed fisting hand, John. I'm a uh, fucking. Uh, I'm Rogel Dorn's magic pain glove fuzzy. Um, I'm Jagahatai Khan's uh, daily dose of speed, Brayden. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go faster. Gotta go faster. Gotta go. Gotta go fa- faster. <laughs> uh, so, before we get started, do you guys know they sell hard Mountain Dew? What? what? Yeah, the uh, the company that puts out like a uh, just like hard root beer, hard cream soda, hard orange soda, uh-huh. hard Mountain Dew. What? Why don't? Why don't <laughs> you just do? Why don't what? you just pour vodka in Mountain Dew like I do? Uh, but I'm sad. You could. You're actually meant to pour in, uh, porn. Oh, uh, porn. You're actually meant to pour. Uh, in the words of. Uh, Two men making riot juice, pure grain alcohol, baby, into yeah. uh, into into Mountain Dew. That's that's the real ticket. Pure grain alcohol. I gotta because that's what Moonshine have to was. Experiment with that one. Is it? Oh, it's not your father's. Not your father's Mountain Ale Citrus Brew. Ma- mountain Ale Citrus Brew. Bullshit. That sounds like a mistake. There's a new boozy, not your father's flavor that tastes just like Mountain Dew from BroBible.com. Is the article I, I'm reading. All of those words make me want to die. Oh wait, we I'm seeing the show. a tweet. That's your base Bro- level of existence. I'm Fair. seeing a tweet from BroBible on this article that is Why? uh some people dream of fame and fortune. I just dream of my next trip to the Las Vegas Taco Bell for frozen tequila Baja Blast. Is that a thing at the Las Vegas Taco Bell? I guess. Guys, we're going to Vegas. Dog, I <laughs> right I'll go. now. Dog, I don't know why you just wouldn't get a bottle of tequila and then just get a Baja Blast from Taco Bell and then just combine the two by yourself. It's different. Getting getting your beverage from Taco Bell into your hands? Uh-huh. That's a that's a magical that's I'm a magical going transaction. to probably do this very soon. <laughs> okay, so I here will, we go. Here I will we go. tell here we go. Hold you on. how it goes. Hold on. Uh-huh. Uh, so, the new Taco Bell Cantina oh. at Harmon Corner no. has a retail shop, a freeze wall, an open kitchen. God, an open kitchen? Okay, so the freeze wall has flavors such as margarita, cola, pina colada, lemonade, fu- orange... <laughs> Baja, no, I'm not done. Baja Blast, Cherry, and Blues Raspberry, and then add tequila, rum, vodka, whiskey, or spiced rum. Oh, I can't drink spiced rum anymore. Uh, uh, or is it regular rum f- that I drank too much? No, I think it was regular rum. Anyway. So this one time it's I was in New Orleans at a, at a mall. Tall. <laughs> they serve <I> was- beer. <laughs> 
So I was at this outlet mall in New Orleans, and in the food court, they just had like 30 like Slurpee dispensers of just alcoholic drinks. Dog, that is the... We have reached the future. It is now, and it is glorious. Aside All from right, a well, few key, <laughs> key things. A lot also, of key things, actually. Uh, hi there. Uh, welcome to Grim Bell. Uh, welcome to Grim Bell, a, 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 a lore a discussion Bell podcast on the... On Taco Bell. On Taco look, Bell. <laughs> look forward to a, a special... <laughs> Grim Dorks After Dork, where uh, I have the boys the over to my apartment. We, we get, okay, what we're going to do is, uh, <laughs> you guys are going to come over. So, the first time we meet, we're probably going to record like two or three episodes. We're going to do one episode where we go to Taco Bell, get a bunch of shit, God, as guys. much Baja Blast as they'll give us, and tequila. And we'll guys, just see guys, what happens. Guys, 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 guys. There is a Taco Bell cantina in Austin, Texas. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> oh man, it's open till 3 a.m. <laughs> oh oh shit. god. Oh, man. Wait, aren't you in Austin? Yep, right now. Alright, uh. <laughs> we'll be back after Fuzzy goes and comes back from reports. <laughs> We're leaving it recording, though. It's gonna stay on the entire time. <laughs> no. Fuzzy and I, um, or Brayden and I, are gonna talk about Beyblades. Yes, yeah. um. And Digimon. <laughs> and Digimon. <laughs> Really, though, let's talk about Warhammer 40,000. If uh, we can fine. somehow do that, because I'm gonna <laughs> be thinking about the Taco Bell Candina on 2000 Guadalupe Street, Austin, Texas, 78705, for a while. Um, Excellent. Ahem. God, I'm just gonna keep thinking about it, too. Uh... Right, characters and history of the uh, chamber militants of the Ordos of the Inquisition. That's what we're talking about right now. <laughs> of the yeah, of the Baja yeah. Blast. Of the Baja Blast. Um, first, uh, let us. Well, I guess let's just go in the same fucking order uh, as we did last episode. Weird yeah. how that works. That's real weird. Yeah. So, let's talk about the Great Knights. Who is famous in the Grey Knights? Uh, well, if I had to say, hmm, I think it's pretty much just your boy, Hyperion. Who? Hyperion. Who? You know. Oh, there it is. <laughs> he was just a dude. I don't know. I just wanted Hyperion. to not feed you the the stock answer. I mean, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, sure. Why not? Hyperion. Hyperion. Cool dude. Okay. Librarian. Big surprise. Uh, in a chapter full of psychics. Um, he is a, a psychic. Big surprise. He broke a demon Primarch sword in half. That's oh, pretty man. good. He trolled one of the Imperium's most respected chapter masters. <laughs> Alright. Alright. That's, that's winning. Uh... Uh, he hangs out with a couple of Inquisitors, joins a legendary Brotherhood of Demigods, and is, should not be confused with uh, the Borderlands 2 Corporation. Yeah. Important. Uh, originally, he was a low hiver born Zael Efernetti. Oh, Efernetti. He was addicted to a psychoactive drug and was generally kind of a shit. And by pure chance, would you like to guess who passed by him? 
Um, the Emperor. Ravenor. John is correct. Um, though Brayden isn't that far off. Ravenor, uh, a.k.a. What What did you always call Ravenor, John? Uh, oh, uh, Space Professor X. Space Professor X. Uh, Space Professor X is like, I'm not gonna blame you, but you are psychic. But you know what? Let's get you uh, some Grey Knight armor, kiddo, and also unaddicted to drugs. We're also going to get you unaddicted to drugs. Yeah, they yes. hang out for a while. Uh, if I remember right, the the psychoactive drug is like a piece of glass you can look into, and it shows you through the thin veil of reality, as one of the Space Marines likes to say over and over again. That actually sounds pretty kick-ass. I'd get addicted to that psychoactive Exactly. Um, especially if I were already kind of psychic. Um, so, uh, it's at this point that after hanging out with, uh, what's-his-name, Ravenor for a while, he, well, goes to the trials of a Grey Knight and becomes a Grey Knight and is given the name Hyperion. Because, fun fact that we have never mentioned yet, I do want to remind everyone, Space Marines start human and are then promoted to Space Marine status and are then renamed post-brainwashing. That is a thing that happens. Yeah, it's like um, when you're Catholic and you get confirmed, right? Kind? I don't, I don't know how Catholics work. I don't know. Um, Me either. I've, I'm, I'm a Buddhist, John. I was raised a Buddhist. Um, so tell me about dark Buddhism. I'm gonna shit in your breakfast cereal. Um, for those of you who don't know, dark Buddhism is what happens when you combine Ayn Rand and yep. Buddhism. If you can figure out how to combine those things in a way that makes sense and doesn't make me want to cut off all of my toes... Uh, send it my way, because I promise I will hunt you down and blam you. Uh, also, my uh, my breakfast cereal of choice is, in fact, Cocoa Pebbles. So if Fuzzy shits in that, I won't really be able to tell. I Do you think I take tiny rabbit shits, John? <laughs> I'm pretty you sure I, you do. Do you think That's I... That's what vegetarians do. You eat like a rabbit, you shit like a rabbit. I don't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so... Hyperion gets turned into a badass, uh, he gets his new suit to Terminator armor, and he's almost immediately sent to Armageddon. What's my first assignment, boss? You're going to Armageddon. He gets sent to the first war of Armageddon. In which, uh, Angron... Yeah, that one is leading the world eaters on a murder spree across Armageddon. I believe this is also—I believe this is also what's responsible for why Armageddon is now a fucking desert. Um, a lot of that is Angron's fault. Uh, well, is it? Well, that's the great. A lot of that's the Great Knight's fault because uh. Spoiler for later, they do exterminate us the planet after. Okay, yeah, that'll do it. Um, but over the course of uh, them answering this call, the Grey Knights answering Logan Grimnar, Chapter Master of the Space Wolves' call, uh, the Grey Knights teleport into, well, Angron's fucking house, essentially. <laughs> They're and, like, yo, what up, boy? Yeah, what up, boy? 
<laughs> the Grey Knights and Angron and his bloodthirster bodyguards, and I'd like to casually remind you, bloodthirsters are, um, fuck, what demons. are they called? They're demons. What what are what are they fucking called? Uh, Balrogs. They're Balrogs, oh, yeah. but blood instead of fire. But also fire. Yeah. More blood. Still More fire. More blood. Still fire. <laughs> um, really bloody fire. Uh, and if I remind you, one of them is the one who broke Sanguinius's legs. Cabanda. Remember Cabanda? That's him. That's a bloodthirster. He was Down not one Copa? of... Ang Copa Cabanda? He was not one of Angrod's bloodthirster body bodyguards, but just as a reminder of what a bloodthirster is. They're mm. guys who can cripple a Primarch. Oh yeah. no. Um, so they port in and they proceed to, oh, I don't know, fucking beat the shit out of him for several days. Um, the fight is long and hard, but Hyperion, um, protects one of his wounded battle brothers, and then uses all of his power to strike at the almost-beaten <clears throat> Primarch. Like, like Hyperion, a shonen anime. Yes, actually, a lot like that. Um, Hyperion, in this final strike, manages to fucking break Angron's sword, and, um, essentially shoutcast, uh, the Daemon Prince back into the warp. Um, I would like Gives to remind everyone. Yes. I'd like to remind everyone that uh, he barely became a Grey Knight at this point, <laughs> and he manages to do this. Uh, for this act, the Space Wolves give him the title of Bladebreaker, and Sisters of Battle start swooning at his mere presence. No, uh, why? I'm kidding. Um, essentially, yeah, this is. This is what Hyperion does. He's a pretty cool dude. Fucking Sounds. broke Angron's sword, which I think deserves a fucking medal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and he's also considered not a huge Mary Sue, which is nice. But I think it's time. A uh, quick person of note. Uh, Captain and Brotherhood champion, Castellan Crow. Castellan uh, Garen Crow. Who wields the sword called the Black Blade of Antwier. Antwier. Uh, which is a demon sword that could not be destroyed by the Inquisition. Oh, it Lord. mind fucks every other guy that has ever wielded it. Oh, Lord. Corrupted three bull sectors and required the entire chapter to step in and stop it. Okay. Tries to murder Crow every time he wields it. <laughs> has near infinite power and could theoretically be a chaos god in its own right. What? And uh, Crow just uses it as a normal sword. What is this Mary Sue MacGuffin ass item? It's a sword. It doesn't even look that cool. It's just a sword. The blade is black. It looks like a a World of Warcraft rune weapon. Oh, that's good. Like, this it's like really a... not very interesting of a sword, yet... This sword is like the Kirito from Sword Art Online of Warhammer. <laughs> a little bit. Boring and infinitely powerful. <laughs> yep. But, 
He doesn't fuck. use the infinite power. He just uses it as a normal sword. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> that it's literally like having a gu- having a Gatling gun and using it as a club. Wait. That's what, what he the, does. What does and the it's great. power entail? Just like... Well, we know it corrupted three entire sectors to chaos and okay. required the entire Grey Knight chapter to step in. Probably summoned a fucking daemon to it. Uh... Shit, okay. man. So, uh... When but he's too pure. By a mortal, when wielded by just a normal person... The blade's consciousness, because it is a conscious entity oh, in and it of itself. Yes, yes, it does that too. Uh, it overwrites the consciousness of the mortal wielder and transforms their physical body into a kind of armored shadow creature. What? This is an anime. <laughs> it should also be noted that this the blade is an it's... anime premise. It this is a also... really cool friendship effort victory character. <laughs> It should also be noted that the blade itself is... It might be a daemon, but whatever it is, it doesn't like the other four chaos gods. In fact, it hates them, and specifically wants to call daemons to it in order to uh, Fight absorb... the chaos gods? It absorb <laughs> the daemon. It oh. eats demons. Powerful. Oh, it eats so demons. That makes it a- that makes it a very good tool. Is it like begrudgingly accepting of its position? Fuck no, it hates him. <laughs> I know it does, but still it's like, man. Fuck this nerd. Yeah. How does he not get like his massively pure balls? His balls of silver purity. Dog, this is an anime premise. The most pure of heart man with the most evil of heart sword. <laughs> yeah. It's literally Siegfried wielding fucking the Soul Caliber. Yes, or the Soul Edge, excuse me, Soul Edge. <laughs> it's Siegfried grabbing Soul Edge and managing to fucking turn it into Soul Caliber. And not be turned into Nightmare. Holy yeah. Shit. Yeah, oh, that's. This, this thing is Soul <clears throat> it is Soul Edge! Nightmare. It's just Soul Edge! <laughs> it's just Soul Edge! Oh my god, fuck me. Oh my god, except it doesn't look anywhere as cool as the Soul Edge. It does not have the coolness, the the visual aesthetic of Soul oh Edge. Oh my god, yeah, if it had a giant John, do you have any it, fucking idea what we're talking about? No. Oh my god. Okay, cool. <laughs> but I assume, the, just... I assume the listeners are into it, so that's fine. <laughs> they okay. better be, holy shit. Uh, so for for anyone wondering at home, uh, if we record at least two episodes back to back, we just get progressively more sidetracked. I would like to note that this is not unique to this podcast. This also is true of Mobile Suit Fandom. I've done that. Every but Chris podcast. and I do that all the time. Um, I knew that going in. Oh, okay, uh, so we got Siegfried in the Soul Calib in the Soul Edge. Yes. Uh, let's talk about now, the one true Sue. The one truest Sue. The Supreme Grandmaster. Don't forget the Supreme, it's like a good pizza. Yep. Kaldor Titan fucking Drago. Hey! Kaldor Drago is... He's Mary Sue as shit. Like, it's painful. Um... Mm -hmm how much of a Mary Sue he is. And it's kind of sad, because I really want to like him, actually. Like, me, personally, I want to like the idea of this a lot. I feel like it could be better. I want to like the idea of him. It's a good idea, it's poorly executed. 
So, Caldor Drago. Of course, Drago originally premiered in everyone's favorite edition rewrite, 5th edition. Um, I remind everyone, 5th edition is the edition that basically rewrote 99.9% of Warhammer's canon. Oh, geez. Thanks, Ward. Thanks, Ward. Uh, Drago shows up, uh, essentially, from the ether, which it becomes a running joke, actually, uh, in the Grey Knights 5th Edition Codex, when there had previously been no mention of this character, suddenly, here is this guy, who is apparently cooler than most Primarchs. Excuse me? So, this guy shows up, and his list of deeds is dumb. Literally, his first combat action, he banishes the Daemon Prince Makar the Reborn, who is a Demon Prince of Chaos Undivided, which, I'm gonna be honest, I still don't understand how that works. How do you become a Demon Prince of Chaos Undivided? Well, if you consider that, uh, think about this, Lorgar is a worshipper of Chaos Undivided. He's also a demon prince of Chaos Undivided. That still doesn't... From what, from my understanding, is, um, as long as you do the shit to just cause chaos, you become more in line with Chaos Undivided than gaining the favor of, of a one specific god. one, and the chaos, like the warp itself, grants you favors and abilities based upon that, and not any of the four, because the chaos is its own entity in and of itself. Well, in yeah, theory. but... Becoming a prince requires being, uh, like, uplifted by a sentient entity, so it could be argued that, like, the four... Ugh, that was gross. ...work together and uplift the person. Yeah. Because they've progressed the cause of chaos. So much. I believe More that's what it has to do, essentially. Like, essentially all of them are like, you know, I don't want to buy him, but I'm willing to split him. Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna eat all these fries. Chip in a buck. Fucking, we can share the fries. Hey, Makar was... At the diner was, of chaos. Uh, Makar was a word bearer, so... Oh, yeah. well, there you go. That'll do it. He, Either uh, he way. Poisoned, he poisoned Kalth Star to uh, give off deadly radiation. Oh, no. Fucking God. Anyway, so, first combat action... Uh, Kaldor Drago manages to kill this fucker with a magic sword. Um, with his dying, air quote, dying breath, um, Makar curses Drago to walk in the warp forever. Literally. Uh, so, Kaldor Drago is stuck in the warp, and occasionally... Out. Uh, Yeah, just get shit out. Yes, mostly when the plot demands. Uh, He pops out, kicks some ass, and then back into the warp. Why is he he stuck in the warp? Because he he refuses to die uh, like an asshole. Okay. I've read it before, and so I'm just going to repeat it. It's the plot of Samurai Jack, but warp. Oh, excellent. It's the plot of Samurai Jack. Makar is Aku. Drago is Jack. It's that. 
it's just that. It's the plot of Samurai Jack, except the instead of visiting cool places around the world, he just kills out demons. of the warp. Yeah, he kills demons, pops out of the warp, fucking saves the day, pops back into the warp. Constantly. Um, quick list of deeds. Uh, kills a demon prince on his first combat action. Banishes Mortarian back to the warp. Somehow managing to carve the name of the previous Supreme Grandmaster Jeronitan, which is a long fucking name, into yeah, okay. the heart of Mortarian without <laughs> contracting space demon super mega cancer aids in the process. Oh, no. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Most of the rest of the shit he does, okay. This one is fucking stupid. Because, the Mortarian one? Yeah, because it completely undercuts Mortarian as a threat. Yeah. Like, for real, so, below this paragraph, uh, to put this in perspective, go right now, buy a chainsaw. Also, buy a bunch of toxic waste. Then, try writing in cursive with that chainsaw while standing in the middle of the toxic waste. Okay. I You're know probably gonna die. I know you said cursive, but it'd be really fucking funny if he just wrote it in print. <laughs> I personally really like the idea that maybe he took his chainsword and fucking, like, he wrote it in, like, New York Times gothic font. Uh... Because, A, that's the only type of calligraphy I know, and B, that'd be fucking hilarious. Um, yeah. Also, to let you know how deep into my own aesthetic I am, only type of calligraphy I know is gothic font. Excellent. <laughs> hey. There's a reason I fell in love with 40k at an early age. Um, either way, so, carves, carves a guy's name into Mortarian's heart. Uh, holds off a demon horde for two days in real space. Kills a demon prince with a broken sword. Kills one of Korn's strongest bloodthirsters with little to no rep weaponry. Taking said bloodthirster's axe, turning it into a sword for himself with his mind. That also, the the with his mind part is dumb. Yes. Uh, because there there is something really cool about taking that kind of and forging it like having a forge montage and what the fuck ever that's cool but just all oh, my mind powers fucking dumb yes uh slaying six of slanesh's chosen daemonettes who i would like to just briefly mention generally when you look at one of slanesh's chosen daemonettes no matter how strong of will you are you get corrupted this includes most space marines uh, fuck that, I guess. Setting file to Nurgle's garden. Uh, without getting space aids. Uh, Nurgle's garden is literally a part of the warp that Nurgle cultivates, uh, psychic semi-sentient plants and diseases for his own giggles. Because he's the plague father, it's what he does. He burnt- Kaldor Drago burned the garden down, and Nurgle didn't instantly- and fucking eat him! Yeah. Why? Because <laughs> he's the Mary Sue. Uh, walking into the city of Sinch and single-handedly smashing it to rubble. 
Oh. Which, given the fact that the city of Sinch is a non-Euclidean space, makes no sense. Yes. Um, and slaying countless demons whilst being trapped in the warp forever. He can also be summoned by Chaos Cultists accidentally, which is actually really funny to me. <laughs> like, I just imagine a bunch of Chaos Cultists sitting around being like, we're gonna summon some fucking hot demonettes and get some cool Slanesh powers, and all of a sudden, comes a, out. Yeah, a guy with a goatee who, covered in pink blood, appears and goes, trying to summon a fucking demon kid? Uh, uh, no, I'm not. Yeah, you were. I fucking saw him. And now I'm here. So, and he just fucking go, kills them all. Do you want to go with the Occam's Razor version of how he can do all this? Because yes. he's a Gwai knight? He's hallucinating. <laughs> Basically, they, Chaos just took him into their realm and let him think he's doing all these things. When oh, in reality, he's, he's just dying. Oh, the, the joke being that he essentially got I have no mouth and must screamed uh, forever. Um, well, that's the whole point of I have no mouth and I must scream is that it continues forever. Yes. Um, and as we kind of just mentioned in going through all of this, a lot of these ideas can be cool independent of one another. Uh, they just, it's too much of a good thing. It's like putting peanut butter on your pizza. I don't know if that's the comparison I'd ever go with as a sane and functioning human, but sure. Okay, why like not? Sushi and peanut butter on your pizza. That's three great things that shouldn't go together because it's too much. Okay, I see how now I. Man, get it. I'm definitely allergic to peanut butter, so no. Oh, that sucks for you. You see, my it idea doesn't. would be like <laughs> if if Kaldor. So okay. Kaldor kills a Daemon Prince the first time out on the job. Okay, mm -hmm. that's kind of cool. I'm down for that. He gets cursed and thrown into the warp. That's also really fucking cool, and he just if pops out occasionally. If that's still cool. a character, that's fine. I think part of this is... Uh, Ward that had all a lot of, of Ward had a lot of really good ideas, right? But, and this is kind of like a function of 40k being a war game... There's like a limited number of cool character HQs you can have for a faction that's nominally this small. Like, the fact they got their own codex is kind of weird. So, you kind of want to cram as much... getting their own codex is kind of yeah, weird, yeah. frankly. So, you're trying to cram as much awesomeness into this one HQ slot as you can, and you just completely whiff the point. You're missing the forest for the trees. Uh, yeah, that's really good, actually. I think yeah. that sums up a lot of my opinions on this matter, too, because I like the idea of Drago a lot. It's just, god damn, they, he did too much, yes. That's really a good way of putting it, and continuing to dwell on it will just waste more time. Um, that said, I do also really enjoy the text-to-speech version of Kaldor Drago, where he is just fucking insane, and he just pops out at random places and does bits, and then vanishes again. Uh, <laughs> he also is hanging out with uh, Lehman Russ in the warp. Um, fun fact, Lehman Russ might also be trapped in the warp. Uh, oh no! Just sprinkling little bits of cannon throughout here Lehman for you. No. Um, next Lehman. up, 
so that's pretty much all the Grey Knights characters. Um, also, real quick, before I forget to name some of the, like, units of Grey Knights, because we forgot to do that before. Uh, real quick, just gonna do, uh, at the top, Supreme Grandmaster. Then Grandmaster, Brother Captains, Brotherhood Champions, Justicars, Purifiers, Paladins, and Prognosticars. Prognosticars? Um, Justicars are sergeants. Purifiers are um, more psychic. Like they're the they're the main they're battle mages. Paladins are they're kind of just they're they're okay. Here we go. Battle mages, pure warriors, and uh, straight mages mm-hmm. are the are those last three essentially. Purifiers, battle mages, paladins, pure battle. Prognosticar, almost pure mage. There we go. Um, that's the general shtick. Next up, let's talk Death Watch. Uh, <clears throat> so, let's say you want to be a Death Watch. Um, Battle Brother. Uh, it gets a little bit more complicated than that. So... Becoming a Death Watch member is one of two things. A, you feel like you fucked up, and so you're going to the Death Watch as a penitence. Because the or, thing about Death Watch is you don't always have the highest survival rate. So at the very least, you'll give your life for the Emperor in a cool way, and in a very yeah. specific way, where your actions will have... um very like we know it was you you know that kind mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. for know. other chapters they see service to the death watch as a honor and only the greatest of veterans for the chapter are even offered a chance to go to become a death watch member mm-hmm. okay. there is of course a third option and this one's my personal favorite mm-hmm. there was a long-standing one, yeah. yes there's a long-standing tradition in the Death Watch that if a if a battle brother comes to a watch captain with his heraldry obscured, like wearing a cloak or having his armor um, like temporarily blackened or something, or just putting like cloth over his pauldrons, and he comes up to a knight commander and says, "I wish to become a black shield of the Death Watch." The watch commander will run him through a quick thing to make sure he is suitable for service, and then say, okay, and this battle brother, stricken from the records. There is, we don't, we will not know where he came from, uh, what chapter he was a part of, even what his original name was, but suddenly there is a black shield who for some reason, be it personal shame or um, just a specific idea of what his service to the Emperor should be, uh, shows up one day as part of a Death Watch kill team. The other members of the Death Watch generally consider Black Shields to be a little weird uh, or a bad omen, but in in general, they're literally the um, wandering shamed samurai trope given to gothic space uh, knights. 
There's a which you know, if your name is Fuzzy Sinowaki, is the closest thing to a set of words that can be put together that can instantly make you achieve <laughs> orgasm. They're also a uh, a 40k equivalent of dwarf slayers. Hey, which is a thing from um, huh? shit, Warhammer yeah. Fantasy Battle slash Age of Sigmar. Um, fun fact, those are technically two different things, I recently learned. Um, like, they are considered, even in internal, like, write-ups, completely separate ideas. Which I find interesting. Um, so, uh, Death Watch, becoming a Death Watch member after that point... You know, you sign on to the Death Watch, they take your left pauldron, which is typically the pauldron that has your chapter heraldry, and they move it to the right. Oh. Your left pauldron is then uh, turned into a runic Death Watch pauldron, and your armor is wholesale painted black. Except for some members who have their left arm also a runic gauntlet put on. That's pretty common Rad. for Death Watch. Very. Um... All of these are... You then are subjected to a new round of brainwashing, where essentially it's the vid screens going, Xenos are worst! Xenos are the worst! Xenos are the worst! Xenos are the worst! Forever. Uh, eventually, you pop out the other side and go, Well, I have a lot of knowledge on how to murder Xenos now, and a weird hate boner. Uh, bigger than before. Just the most turgid hatred erection. Yes. Um, then they're basically given a bunch of guns and told, hey, you and your four new best friends are going to go fuck up some Xenos right here and do exactly what Finally! And then you do it. Yep. Uh, they're also unique in that they have a few special weapons, uh, such as shotguns, which is strange for full-size Astartes. <laughs> um, they don't have shotguns normally. Interesting fact. Uh, an Infernus Pattern Heavy Bolter. Um, Storm Shields. Is it just me or do you hear screaming distantly? Oh, that, um, that reminds me, actually, that uh, Siegfried requested that we mention him as a noted member of the Death Watch. And to say that he did, in fact, kill a demon prince. Kill a demon, which is still not... That's not what the Death Watch does! Now, if he were like, yeah, I fucking signed up for the Grey Knights real quick. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. But for fuck's sake, he's a Xeno killer. <sighs> Idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah, say that to his face, Fuzzy. They got heavy thunder. <laughs> I can, and I will. Rip. Uh, infantry portable frag cannons, something called a Xeno phase blade. I don't know what Ooh. it does. And guardian spears. Um, which are the things that have, that, you know, custodies have. Mm, spicy. Um, yep. Uh, there aren't a lot of characters for the Death Watch, besides Siegfried. Um, largely because, well, the Death Watch is small, and there's a bunch of just tiny specific ones. Um, if you really want to, it's pretty easy to make a Death Watch kill team, or even an entire Death Watch kill um, watch company, your mm -hmm. dudes, air quotes. Um, which is cool, in my opinion. That said, there are a couple of characters. 
One of them is from uh, Dawn of War 2, and I'm not going to talk a lot about him because he's really just kind of a pretty scout boy who's a member of the Blood Ravens. Um, which is okay, I guess. Uh, but a dank meme. Orton Cassius. To make him his long story pretty short, Ortan Cassius is an ultramarine who is not a Mary Sue. Whoa. Uh, he is the... Bold, Whoa. I know. He is the head chaplain of the ultramarines and the master of sanctity. However, he's also a veteran of the first tyrannic war. You know, when McCrag got invaded by Tyranids. He lived through that, barely. In fact, he was literally eviscerated, but tech priests and marines rebuilt him very Six Million Dollar Man style. We can uh, rebuild Stronger, him. faster, yes. more of a Mary Sue. He... Well, <laughs> that's just the thing. So Mary Sue-ier. He's not the best chaplain ever. Uh, unlike the Wait, other... Isn't he an um, ultramarine chaplain? He's the best chaplain he ever because he's an ultramarine. That's just on... Yeah. Well, that's just the thing. Unlike the other Ultramarines, where, you know, Marinius Calgar is the best chapter master, Varro Tigerius is the best librarian, Torius Tellian is the best scout sergeant, Antaro Cronus is the best tank pilot, Cato Sicarius <laughs> is the best second company captain ever! Um, shit like that. Him, not so much. His first thing is he got fucking killed, almost, and then they rebuilt him. And then he was like, I fucking hate nids, so I'm gonna make a bunch of nid killers in the Ultramarines. And so he made the Tyrannic War Veteran Squadron within the Ultramarines, a sub-company and sub-faction of the Ultramarines devoted to nid killing. He even became such a badass in terms of killing nids that he got inducted into the Death Watch. It was even noted within Death Watch Overkill, uh, which is one of the first books. It, it, it was a mini-game. Uh, it, it was a board game, kind of in the vein of Space Hulk, uh, where you play a Death Watch kill team. Uh, that's the gist. He was one of the characters within Death Watch Overkill. Uh, he gets inducted in Death Watch, and it's even noted in there that the fucking indoctrination procedures barely worked on him because he already hated so good. Um, that's the only best thing that Ortan Cassius really has going for him, and it's a real cool best thing. Um... I really like him, and his art is dope as shit. It's him with a fucking Crozius and a Flamer just murdering a shitload of gaunts. It's dank. Uh, Murder. I highly recommend. Murder. Murder. Um, real quick, let's check the time. Uh, Murder. Murder. Yeah, I guess let's get on to... Murder. Okay. Well, let's get on to a bunch of ladies who love to... I can't think of a word for murder that starts with L. Uh, murder. Litigate. That too. That's, I mean, that's an emotional death. Let's talk exactly. about some sisters of battle. Liquidation. Murder. I'm, ladies who love to liquidate. Mm, that doesn't have quite the same term. <laughs> I went insane in the middle of that sentence. Uh, I'm back Good. now. 
Sisters of Battle characters. I'm gonna put Celestine at the end because so we're, gonna do living, we're gonna do oh, living rad. saints at the end because they deserve a whole thing. Yeah, a little bit. Um, some Sisters of Battle who definitely deserve some uh, some love here. Um, let's start at the very beginning with a prayer. We remember you, Alicia Dominica. You who received the word of your our father and cast down the apostate. You who returned us to our true path of vigilance and devotion. We remember you and honor you with our words, actions, bodies, and souls. A prayer of remembrance for Alicia Dominica. The patron saint of the sisterhood, bearer of the grail of agers, and founder of the order of the Ebon Chalice. In many ways, she's essentially one of the first living saints, and also is the guy, the lady who fucking ended the reign of blood in the 36th millennia and beheaded uh, Goge Vandire. You know, that guy. Rad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like that is kind of most of her claim to fame. Uh. There's a lot more information on her, and she it was through her that she really reformed a lot of the Ecclesiarchy, as well as the Ordo Hereticus. Um, but, as, as well as then she found the Order of the Ebon Chalice, which was one of, if not the first order of the Adeptus Sortas. Um, which, pretty cool, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. In many ways, she is the founder of the Soratos, for all intents and purposes. At least as far as I'm aware. Um, I'll probably get called out. But she's also, which I think is cool, been around since 2nd edition. Which, she's got some fucking credit on her on that yeah. case. Um, that and the Order of the Ebon Chalice is, in my opinion, best aesthetic. Black armor, white robes, red lining on the inside Damn. of those robes. Ooh. It's good. It's a it's a very good look. A very um, good aesthetic. Oh yeah. Also, like a lot of their equipment and stuff, like their um their heavy armor is painted like a burgundy red, which I don't know about y'all, but Dude, uh, burgundy the color is my Assassin's stack. Creed. Assassin's Creed 2 bought the burgundy yep. look immediately, wore it the rest of the game. Uh, didn't even give a shit when I unlocked the super badass armor at the end. Burgundy just looked too good in Assassin's Creed 2, so I wore it the whole time. Fucking burgundy, man. Uh, burgundy's good. Um, so, uh, other Sisters of Battle that are pretty badass. Um... Uh, Want to do the chaos one first or yeah, second? Yeah, first. All right. So, Brayden, when I ask you, list me some traitors that are space marines. How many can you think of offhand? A lot. Yeah. Fun fact. When I say list some sisters of battle who are traitors, oh. you know how long that list is? Uh, zero? One. Oh. Muriel Sabathiel. God. When that's your Muriel name, Sabathiel you're gonna is, be a traitor. She's... Traitor, yeah. She's got a fucking rad name. I wish I knew what all of the roots were. I know EL means of God. That's the oh only one I know. Oh my god, what is that tongue? 
she fell to Slanesh. Um, in oh, case that wasn't clear. No. Why is every picture with her in it have her with an exceedingly long tongue with a mouth at the end? Because you see, Brayden. No. <laughs> is, that, is that what she does uh, when she kills you? She's the reason like, the tongue is so long is to better punch um, the fart box. <laughs> Fucking. No. I hate you, John. John, why? Why are John, you booing why? me? I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. Hannibal Buress <laughs> meme. So. Uh, Muriel Sabathiel was, oh, no. used to be a sister superior of the Order of Our Martyred Lady. The famous one, who got corrupted by Slanesh and is now their champion. Uh, she's pretty much the only sister that the sisters actually acknowledge as being corrupted to chaos. And in fact, as far as we know, is the only one who was turned to chaos willingly, because there's a lot that's points to the fact that she brainwashed other sisters into following her, not actually convinced them. Um, she turns to Slanesh, uh, no one's really sure why, um, like, at all. But, man, she fucking came out and corrupted a lot of sisters in the process. Turned to Slanesh, got her weird tongue mouth, and at some point also got murderized. She is dead now, and she wasn't a big point on the fluff, but there is some official art of her, and the fact that she is pretty much the only, uh, what's it called? Traitor sister? Uh, the only traitor sister. It deserves some mention here. Um, also, thank God, not a lot of Rule 34 oh, of her. Thank Hello. Christ. Um, specifically because of that God God Emperor tongue. Forsaken. Um, yeah, he, especially that. Um, yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, she ended up being murdered in a Reservoir Dog-style torture scene by an Inquisitor. Uh, but still pretty cool in my opinion. Uh, totally wish she had a model. She doesn't have a model. I wish she'd come back, frankly. Um, because she seems cool. On the other side of the equation, however, we have Ifrael Stern, the thrice-born Daemonifuge and heretic saint. Oddly, not uh, not a heretic herself, just a badass. Um, like would be on par uh, with Celestine, badass. She is technically, uh. Not super canon, but also technically, technically a heretic. But she actually does believe in the Emperor, real sternly. It's just the thing is, whenever she, oh I don't know, sees a Inquisitor who's getting a little overzealous with the uh, Zealotry button, or the Exterminatus button, guess who shows up and fucks up that Inquisitor's day? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Her. She does. Oh, oh no. Weird. She does. Um, Weird. First of all, she replaced every fleur-de-lis on her body with a skull. It's sick. Oh, real good aesthetic. Rad. Rad. It's real good aesthetic. Um, on top of that, very powerful Psyker. Like, lightning from the eyes all the, the time, Psyker. 
probably. No, that comes from her tongue mouth. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, gotta love that burning. Uh, <laughs> she originally came from an old uh, Warhammer Monthly comic called Damon Damonifuge. Um, she was a Seraphim superior. Seraphim are, uh, if I remember correctly, jetpack squads. Uh, oh, yeah, shit, real quick. Um, forces in Sisters of Battle that we didn't mention. Seraphim, jetpacks. They're, they're jetpack sisters. Um, Arcoflagellants we mentioned. Battle sisters are the standard vanilla. Celestians are uh, the mega badasses with the bigger guns. Uh, Death cult assassins, which... Remember how I talked about the, the BDSM ladies from... The Repentia Squad. Imagine if we gave Repentia Squad more BDSM flavor and size. Uh, gave him a little bit of the Electra Nachios flair. That's yeah. what a Death Cult Assassin is. I really cannot emphasize how fucking ridiculous they look. Because they essentially have their tits out and nipple clamps all the time. That is their official art. I'm not making that up. Someone thought this was a good idea. It wasn't me. Um, and I hate it. Uh, yeah. others. Hospitaliers. We mentioned them already. Uh, Dominion and Retributor squads. Dominion, heavy weapon squad. Retributor, uh, heaviest weapon squad. Um, yeah, that's the gist of all of those. And then, of course, we have Living Saints, but we'll talk about yeah. them at the end. Uh, oh, also Avenging Angels, which are technically not canon because they only appeared in Dawn of War Soulstorm, but I really like the idea that a living saint can come in and go, Hey everyone, I know you died, come back real quick. Kick some ass. <laughs> and they do. Um, literally, every it's a once-off ability you can use in Dawn of War Soulstorm, where you use a bunch of soul points in order to essentially re-summon every unit that has died on the battlefield and ignore population cap. And just basically fucking do a wave of glowing ladies with wings over your enemies and murder the shit out of them. It's pretty cool. Uh, highly recommend. So Ephriel was a Seraphim, and good at it, but then her entire planet, Ophelia 7, got a... Which, I remind you, is where three fucking orders of uh, the, shit the are based on. Yes, three convents are, um, or one of the con one of the biggest convents who have three chamber militants inside them. That's what I was going for. Uh, Ophelia Seven gets a little bit corrupted. They manage to uh, contain it, but she gets possessed by a daemon of Slanesh. However, due to the actions of a guy known as the Hand, uh, who is an Inquisitor, they. Oh, his name is Silas Hand, excuse me. Inquisitor Silas Hand managed to, uh, well, purge the demon without killing her. Um, it did involve her getting punched through the throat, though. Uh, oh, she, lived, she lived, she mm lived, -hmm. came back. Um, together, they proceed to kick a lot of ass. Uh, even go at one point ending up in the arenas of Kamarag and fighting in Colosseums before escaping. Rad. 
She and Hand then continue going out and making sure other, uh, what's it called? Inquisitors don't fuck shit up and aren't assholes about it. So, Ephrael Stern, pretty fucking cool. Um, highly recommend. Uh, oh, also, at the end of the comic, she, uh, creates a webway gate Jesus. out of thin air and, uh, walks through with a pariah into the Black Library. Oh. Yeah. Jesus. Which is fucking cool. Um, so she's still alive, which is pretty cool. Uh, I wish she had fucking rules, because honestly, God, she sounds cool. But then again, I also wish we had, oh, I don't know, uh, what's that thing I say all mm. the time, John? You say a lot of things all the time, buddo. Plastic Christ. Sisters of Battle. I just want Plastic want Sisters of Battle. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, for those of you who don't understand the meme, uh, Sisters of Battle have not been produced in plastic yet. You can only buy them in pewter or even lead. Um, because they haven't made new models for Sisters of Battle in that long. As such, these sister models don't look very good because they're cast out of pewter, which just doesn't have the same, like... You can't get models that look as crisp and clean as plastic out of pewter. Um, that, and they're more expensive because they're fucking metal. Uh, so, like, on one hand, yeah, you can fill a baggie up with Sisters of Battle and kill a man with it. But on the other hand, I want I want my cheap. So more people of could play. So can actually make a cool fucking thing. Yes. Well, um, it's but Games Workshop is idiots. Well, no one plays Sisters of Battle, so why would we make plastic Sisters of Battle? And no one plays Sisters of Battle because they're still pewter. There's no plastic. Exactly. Yeah, there's no plastic. Models, Games yeah. Workshop, why? Because they're big dumb idiots. Sometimes. I scream to the heavens. A lot of the time. Sc scream to the void. Um. Anyway, let's round it out with uh, everyone's yeah. favorite angel lady. So living saints are uh, imperial Brad. greater demons. Yes. And it's basic, basically, basically, almost literally, like a greater greater demon. It's a person who becomes uplifted and made a saint. And then they become reincarnate, reincarnated. You see this happen with Sabat. Uh, happens with Celestine. Uh, you could say it happens with the Sanguinor. It happens with what's his face? Is That's perpetual. <laughs> he just can't die. No, he gets reincarnated. Constantly. There is a difference between living saints and perpetuals. Uh, perpetuals, yeah. Perpetuals are. They don't come back because of magic, they're just stuck that way. Um, because of magic? What else would explain how they keep coming back? Super okay. science? So, no! pre-saint, uh, she was a repentia of the Order of Our Mart Martyred Lady. Uh, this is Celestine. Uh -huh. uh, and she was killed, and then recovered. And she fucking, like, her body was recovered, and then she miraculously healed. Whoa, why? Uh, and it got it got it for his blessing, probably. <laughs> and then they just put her in charge. Excellent. Ince was like, damn, can't let you die. 
basically. Generally, when a lady suddenly comes back from the dead, willing the Emperor her swords on fire, she's glowing and she has produced giant angel wings, and now she's being accompanied by a bunch of tiny babies that also have angel wings that they did not make, that's good indication. Probably an angel, which they like in the Imperium, for some fucking reason. Um... Definitely not a mutant. Uh, and then she starts doing the steadily more common thing in Warhammer, where you just arrive at the 13th hour of, uh, like, Imperium forces that are losing. And then and leave. turn the tide of battle. Uh, you see yep. this happened with the Sanguinor, uh, with the Legion of the Damned, who you could argue are just uh, normal daemons of the Emperor. <laughs> Yep. And, uh, yeah. Uh, she showed up on Cadia. That's... Just just as it was dying. Uh, she helped a lot, but um, then Call's pylon shenanigans accidentally robbed her of all her powers for a hot minute. Um, yet still had enough time and energy to uh, hold off uh, Abaddon, and even force him into a yeah, retreat. even though the planet broke before the guard did, I mean. <sighs> Why are you booing me? Um, I'm right. We also... We also aren't sure how old she is, um... Because, like, even Inquisitor Greyfax remembered her, and Inquisitor Greyfax was in, uh, everyone... Was in Trazen's magic, uh box for a very long time she's been around like almost almost from the days of the horus heresy wow that's, um that's a while yeah and then when trazen decided uh i i think i think these guys need to be out here more than they need to be in my magic <laughs> space box and so he just <laughs> shook up the can a bit popped the top and poured it out and out came Greyfax, a bunch of legionnaires, etc., etc. Um, gotta crack open a cold one containing the boys. Uh, <laughs> I'm real proud of that. Uh, actually, <laughs> I know you are. I'm proud um, of it too. I'm proud of you. So, uh, Saint Celestine is the de facto leader of the uh, what's it Glory called? Artist. Uh, of the Soratos, yes. Um, she is considered so pure and such that even Belly Call, who is, basically has no emotions left because he replaced them with tech, um, <laughs> even he is like, damn, that's some holy pureness. Fuck damn, yeah. she holy. Damn, she holy. I am moved in my heart, which I replaced I replace a long with time a ago. Engine. With a... Yeah, I... Oh, I shit, am, it's stopping. Am, Someone pull. Someone pull. Pull the cord. My V6 you have to, engine is You have to, you have to press the button tears. a couple times, then pull. <laughs> press you know, three times, then fucking yank on that shit. You know damn well that Belly Call put, like, a fucking 12-cylinder engine in his fucking Oh, dude, he put a Hemi in there. Could. Yeah, but he has the V6... He has the V6 <laughs> as a backup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
he's also pure, he's also powered by normal gasoline, not pyrothium. <laughs> normal gasoline. Like low octane. Just a lawnmower, but with arms and legs. It's <laughs> a lawnmower. Um. Wanna uh, watch me spin? Now he's a yeah. Beyblade. Uh. Oh, uh, dude, Beyblade, you got the, the little yeah. spinny uh the launcher with the ripcord. Yeah, there's one in his size, like the Grey Knight thing. Like, you know how the Grey Knight thing has a little yeah. swap for people to come in? It's just that for him, but it's like mo it's like stationary this and they have amazing. to wheel it in. So he can... And he's got little he's got little um, drill things at the bottom of his I can't explain feet. how happy I am right now. Anyway. He uh, can skate up along the battlefield. The, uh, the last time Sh Celestine appeared, uh, she got kind of wrecked by Karn, the Oops. betrayer. Uh, literally, like, he chopped off her head and all of her guards' heads. Oops. Um, she'll be back, but, you know, I'm imagining she kind of obeys, uh, greater demon rules, where yeah. it takes a minute. Um, yeah. But she dead right now. Thanks. She'll be back. Probably Maybe more on fire than before. What if she shows up with Roy, your boat oh, we'll get extremely there. man? I mean, probably. They did meet briefly. Oh, uh, that's nice. Yes. Uh, what did she say? What's up, Baldy? She said, what's yeah, up, Wingy? Yeah, that's the <laughs> Knowing, uh, knowing um, fucking blue shorts, it was like, <gasps> heretic, mutant. Fucking and then God. he went and sat in his lazy boy and fell asleep. I'm into it. All right. Uh, and I love that. my rendition of 40k. I don't know about anyone else. <laughs> I mean, the listeners keep listening. We, got, we for gotta some do reason. another episode. Mostly, of Brayden you. explains 40k. <laughs> We're going to. That's what. I'm a, that's I'm what the last. Right after the meme episode. Oh, that's God. what the episode is. Dog, that's gonna be the meme episode. <laughs> All I'm gonna do is talk. I'm just gonna do it straight from memory. I'm just gonna look at the titles of the podcast episodes and then I'm gonna spit no, I gotta out. Make sure shit. you read the really dumb description. Perfect. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> the, I'm just gonna hints. go on one d four channel and become corrupted. <laughs> That's cheating. No, you can't do that. That's all John and I do. <laughs> That's, That's cheating. Right. I'm only uh... gonna read like the first paragraph and that's it. Wait, that is all you. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> No, you jest, but it's true! <laughs> I know. <laughs> Alright, uh, I think that should wrap us up for uh, part three of the Inquisition, but we still have more to wrap up next <laughs> time. Excellent. Uh, there's what not a lot of Inquisition... There's not a lot of Inquisition characters, but there is shit we missed. Or at least, I don't think it's worth it going into Inquisition characters besides uh, maybe Ravenor and Eisenhorn. Um, largely because, well, they're gonna show up in every other episode that we ever produce, because Inquisitors this are all over the fucking our, place. catching everything we missed throughout these episodes. Yes, um... Yeah. Yeah, basically. Such okay. as, the Assassinorum would be a good time to put in here. Prepare for uh, my longest re ever. Yeah, uh, boy. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
John, uh, take so us remember away. to email us, grimdorkspod at gmail.com. We're looking forward to having that. <laughs> yeah, please email please, us. Please uh, email us. To the people that have written us really like nice, lovely emails, I do share them with us. We love them. It genuinely yes. makes all of our days. Yes, yes, it uh it provides me with enough power to uh continue continue my day and uh punch someone in the neck. That's I I just need some niceties so I'm ready to put on my power armor and get out there and punch a heretic in the neck. As is tradition. Through the neck. Perhaps purging the demon from within them and wait a minute. That was a reference to what we were just uh, talking tweet about. Tweet us Pod, fucking uh, nerds. At Grimdorkspod. That's the one. <laughs> that also yeah, gives uh, me strength with fuzzy throughout the day. Pictures. Uh, yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, I so will lonely. say that I did tell my dad about uh, <laughs> that I posted his paint job and that the fans liked it. And he was genuinely very, very pleased and happy with that. Which was, was a good moment. That's good. No. <laughs> No. I have a question to pose to everyone. If there's a Warhammer 40,000 movie, who would play who? I think. I Just because I, I always think of Elysium. Matt I Damon was going to say John Cena. Streamly, man. John because Cena is Horus. John oh my Cena. god. <laughs> John Cena is Horus would be uh, incredible. Batista. <laughs> The, the Warhammer Forty Thousand universe, but played as the played Rock by WWE is obviously you, that's calm. you meme. <laughs> yes, is, is he con is or is he fucking? Because he's too charming. What if he's, what if Iron Sheik uh, was Jagahat's icon? <laughs> Actually, because uh, we're doing this, it's Jinder Mahal. Oh God, <laughs> fucking. Uh, Undertaker's definitely uh, Mortarian. Fucking no! I was gonna say curse. Mortarian. Oh, well. <laughs> then Kane is Mortarian. There you go. Fucking hell. Yes. Uh, fucking um, Triple H for goddamn uh, Lionel. Oh no, dude. The Bella Twins as Alpharius Tri- and Omega. Is, uh, because why not? Fuck! I lost it. Russ. Because he has. Oh, oh wait, no, no, no. Oh he my god, shaved yes. his head, so no, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Back when he had the long hair, it would have been perfect. Oh, damn it. I mean, we can fucking throw uh, things all the time. We can, we can put a uh, wig on wigs. him. We can put wigs on him. Anyway, we should end the episode. Hugh Jackman is Lehman Russ. <laughs> no, never. I'd shit myself. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> The Harris twins as fuck. So for everyone here at the Grimace Dorcas, I have been. Oh shit. Uh, Supreme <laughs> Supreme Deep Dish Grandmaster John. <laughs> uh <laughs> fucking uh Austin Walker definitely uh Tashan. Um Fucking, he's the guy in New Day. Uh, Austin Creed. Where'd you go? Yeah, Creed. That's it. Uh, I think his real name is Walker or something. Um, God, we need to talk to WWE. We need to get this on fast. Yeah, because if there is one... 
I'll put I'll put Vince McMahon on the phone right now. That Games Workshop would trust with the film rights to Warhammer Forty Thousand. <laughs> it is obviously Vincent Kennedy McMahon and World Wrestling Entertainment. I have been uh... the new day as a trio of inquisitors. <laughs> or hot take they. Or hot take, Games Workshop forgets that the WWE isn't the WWF anymore, so they give it to the World Wildlife Foundation, and animals are playing as everyone. Which only fuels my Warhammer 40,000 treats at you. Which Primark's a panda? Uh, clearly... Sanguini is the samurai. Um... I've been Saint San Pellegrino Fuzzy. No... He's a he's a red panda, obviously. I've been a thin crust paladin, Brayden. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Group Dorks. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Like the show? Want to show your dorky pride? Go to bit.ly forward slash grimdorks to pick up a variety of merch. Our theme song is John Hammer by Matt Lee. You can find him on Twitter at NiceWizardMusic. Our background music is Go Home and Be a Family Man by Norrin Rad from OC Remix. And remember, Ave Imperator.